Hey, Soma Church, this is Pastor Brandon Shields. I'm here with our teaching team. I have Pastor Bobby Barber, Pastor Josh Daly, and Pastor Kent Livingston. And we are here to talk about what it looks like for us to practice the way of Jesus together for the life of the world. And uh, over the next several months, as we're teaching through these uh, little micro-series, we're going to be taking some time to set up um, these practices and talk a little bit more in depth about what it looks like to uh, engage these practices. We're going to be interviewing different people in our church um, and trying to give you some handles on how uh, what how it looks like to, what it looks like to practice this on the ground. And the first practice that we're going to be uh, leaning into in the month of January is Sabbath way of life. So there's 11 practices. This is the first of the 11. And it's a really important one. So Sabbath way of life basically means slowing down to create space for regular rhythms of resting in God and his grace. As we're teaching through this, our big idea is that a Sabbath way of life is not uh, just a luxury, that it's a necessity, it's a command. Uh, it's a way of life that God intends for his people um, to help with their flourishing. And one of the reasons why we're starting with this one is because uh, we did a health survey last fall as a group of churches, and it was interesting to look at the data around Sabbath rest. Um, so we asked about a number of different practices, and this is one. Um, only 6% of our church at that time a year ago set aside a 24-hour period devoted to Sabbath rest. 37% um, set aside a few hours each week, and then about 31% didn't practice any kind of Sabbath. And so I think... When it comes to a Sabbath way of life, and here we'd include uh, silence and, and solitude and the actual practice of a 24-hour period of rest, we see in the Old Testament there in Genesis chapter 2, God creates the universe in seven days and then he rests. And kind of the, the idea of Sabbath is the culmination of God's creative work, um, and, then, and then he set, he stops and he ceases from activity and he, uh, and he celebrates and he enjoys his creation that's kind of the heart behind sabbath and as image bearers were to um or to reflect that what it means to be fully human and so as we think about this as you guys pastorally think about this so thinking about the people that uh, are in our church listening to this podcast um, why do you guys think this is so important for the future of our church as we think about our vision our mission what it looks like for us to be a church that pursues holistic transformation, uh, both for ourselves and for our neighbors and for uh, the nations. What implications does this practice specifically have for our future? Yeah, as I think, as I think about that, I think um, two major headings kind of come to mind for me. Um, one is uh, just endurance. Uh, the fact that we're a young church, we've uh, been around for almost, what, seven years now, three congregations, a lot has gone on, um, and it's been really cool to, to, to ride that wave of what God is doing. Uh, and yet, we want to be around not just for seven years, but, you know, if God wills, 70 years or, or even longer. And so wanting to see that endurance as a church as well as uh, our personal lives. But I think even more than um, how long we keep going, I think it's just the quality of our life, the quality of uh, our life as a community, um, truly being a, a community that embodies flourishing, that embodies uh, life lived before the face of God uh, that he calls us into. And I think in, in this particular cultural moment, Sabbath is one of the most countercultural things that we can do. Um, if you look at Sabbath biblically, um, the point of Sabbath is to remind you that you are not God and that you are not a slave. 
Uh, you're not God in the sense that God is still upholding the universe. It doesn't all depend on you and, and your activity, and so you can rest in him. And you're also not a slave. This was what uh, the, the scriptures taught, what Moses taught when they came out of Egypt and said, remember, you were slaves in Egypt, but you're not now. And this is a, a celebration of that fact. And yet we live in a culture that many of the cultural influences around us are teaching us either that we are gods or that we're slaves, or sometimes that we're both. Um, think about technology, um, that, that I can answer an email, I can always work more, I can always do more things. And humanity fought for you know, millennia for a 40-hour work week, and then all of a sudden we got it, and then we invented the iPhone, and it was, uh, now I can work all the time. And I can always be thinking uh, that I've got this veneer of control, as if I'm a god, or I've got this uh, veneer of where I feel tethered to, to my work, and I feel like I can't step away from it. And I think that Sabbath is a, is a tangible practice that reminds us who we are, not gods, not slaves, but human beings created in the image of God in the midst of a culture uh, that's constantly trying to teach us something different. Yeah, I think, and to Josh's point, it's really a practice that will help us remain sane and just even fight for a tethering to a life of health and a life of vitality in the midst of a culture that, as Josh said, just there is an increasing pressure to reach up and meet the demand that is um, created by just the marketplace and created by uh, the way we do life. And of course, because we've become more globalized, demand has literally become a 24-7 empty void to be filled. I mean, there was a time and place when even just television at the end of the day, I remember being young and at like 11 PM television just shut off and it just went to snow and it was just snow until tomorrow, except for your extended cable networks. And now it's become where there is no point where TV shuts off. There's no point, uh, where, uh, Instagram shuts off. There's no point, uh, where all of these things, the, as Josh said, that our work and our email, these never will stop until, um, we demand to put uh, the big blocks of what God has commanded us to do to put in um, a sense of, of we will shut off and we will allow us to uh, rest and to become human. I think also to that point, there's that demand of um, the mission of God too. It can also be a distinctly Christian pressure that we put our, on ourselves of that there is a demand of, of we make disciples of every tongue, tribe, and nation, which is a good and right desire and something that we want to lean into specifically as a church. But if we're not careful, uh, we can lose ourselves and lose our own humanity in the sense of, well, there's always one more mountain to, to take, and there's always uh, one more uh, battle to win and one more convert to make, uh, which, again, do we want to be all in with that? Absolutely. But we want to be in, in a way that uh, we're not sacrificing our families, sacrificing our own health, sacrificing our own communion with God for the sake of the mission of God, which is a good pressure to live into, uh, but can be uh, a dehumanizing one as well, uh, reminding ourselves, as Josh said, that we're not God. So I think these sound like great aspirations, right? But if I'm, if I'm listening to this podcast, um, of probably a tension that maybe is rising up at this point. Uh, maybe I want better rhythms of rest and work, uh, but I'm also recognizing that I live in a system. I live in a, in, a, in a Western American context, right? We live in Indianapolis in 2018. By the time this comes out, it'll be 2019. And 
in this system, there, there are pressure points on us. Uh, pr lots of pressure, the pace of this kind of capitalistic uh, Western democracy um, that values productivity, a kind of globalized society, technology, all these factors that are coming to bear on this moment. And there's this constant pressure to overwork. And if we're honest, most of us don't really have a lot of control over those pressures. We can feel powerless in, in this kind of machine, so to speak. Um, so I'm thinking of different people in our church. I'm thinking of the person that works at a tech startup. And there's been a lot, you know, millions of dollars of, of capital that's been invested by private equity uh, investors. And they want uh, speed and they want uh, a return on their investment at some kind of a scale of 10x. And so there's this constant pressure to be uh, performing and, and meeting those deadlines. I think of a small business owner who maybe started some kind of a company and is trying to get that off the ground and feels the pressure of trying to feed their family. Um, rest seems like a luxury or maybe uh, a parent with young kids and you're in kind of the, the, the system of uh, just kind of the chaos of raising kids and school and the pressure to put them in, in ball leagues and be actively involved as a parent. And so there's all of this kind of chaos swirling around us and it feels like where there's, there's trade-offs that I have to make in order to live into this vision. And so for some of us, uh, maybe listening, we're like, they're like, yeah, this, this might be a conversation for pastors. So this is some kind of uh, unrealistic ideal for pastors who sit around and do nothing but, you know, pray and read the Bible. But what about the rest of us? You know, is this is just some kind of utopian ideal. Is the idea of Sabbath uh, just some kind of antiquated uh, idea that's kind of left over from like the days of blue laws you know this i mean a hundred years ago it would have been hard you'd been hard pressed to not see sabbath at work culturally uh in the midwest now it just it seems far-fetched what is it realistic for us and how should we encourage people to be thinking about that tension of individuals in a system that does not reward and does not see vert, uh, rest as a virtue yeah i think there's a lot to that and i think if we're not careful even as a church and as christian leaders uh we can contribute to that even as we're talking about sabbath mm -hmm. you know when you think about the charge that the pharisees leveled against jesus's disciples you know for uh what they thought was, you know, profaning the Sabbath laws. And Jesus steps in and was like, you know, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You know, what was Jesus saying is that, like, Sabbath was in, uh, designed by God and, and was is a gift given to us by God for our benefit. It's to give us life, it's to give us health, it's to draw us into a closer relationship um, with God, to know ourselves better, and to be you know, in better relationships with each other. But I think sometimes, you know, it, you're right. I think people who listen to sermons about Sabbath or read books about Sabbath, they're often being written by people who are kind of on the backside of their life, you know, that are empty nesters, that life has slowed down a little bit, that have a lot of space and a lot of time for contemplation and retreat and silence and solitude. And so I think um, I just want to acknowledge that that is an error that we can potentially step into, that we can um, begin to heap burdens on 
ourselves and on other people, even by bringing up Sabbath, we can be too prescriptive about how to follow Sabbath. We can make it uh, too mystical and mysterious that people just can never get a, a grasp on what am I, what, what does it actually mean to rest? What does it actually mean to be in relationship with God? I think sometimes even we can make it too therapeutic and that I have to see all of this growth personally that's coming out of Sabbath instead of just telling people like, no, it's, it's okay to just be very simple and, and just do things that are fun and refreshing and spend time with your family or, you know, just take a couple of hours and, and, you know, go to a coffee shop and read or, or, you know, just simple things like that, that I think are, are more life-giving than setting up this big structure that can be very burdensome to average working class, Mm -hmm. uh, middle-aged people that have just a lot of responsibilities and a lot of people and other things that are vying for their time. Yeah, I think that's a really important piece of this conversation is there, there, is, there can be even a socioeconomic uh, class dynamic at play here. This, this can appear to some people to be kind of an upper middle class white conversation mm-hmm. uh, for people who have the luxury and the, and the margin. Uh, but for the working class, I mean, over 60% of families are dual income. Uh, a lot of people are just working, you know, maybe not paycheck to paycheck, but certainly month to month trying to squeeze out um, and working 60 plus hours and uh, may feel like, man, what does it look like for me to have uh, a regular Sabbath? These conversations just seem so remote and unrealistic. And I think just acknowledging that and naming that and saying, you know, the heart of Sabbath in the Bible is praying and playing. And there's lots of ways to, to do that. But, um, but there are a lot of people who are powerless in this conversation and we need to be thinking creatively and imaginatively about, um, you know, what that looks like for those people as well. And I do think that's where it's important to recognize that this is not just practicing the way of Jesus or practicing the way of Jesus together, but we're doing this for the life of the world. Um, That regular rhythms of Sabbath and regular rhythms of rest, this is not just about me time. This is not just about um, me having a therapeutic experience, but actually it can actually be good for the world. Um, One of the ways I I saw this personally, um, so I used to live in in Manhattan. I saw people um, just working insane hours working insane hours because you know the Asian markets would open in the middle of the night here and everything was um, you know constantly that rat race to try to keep up but one of the dynamics you had in New York was you had two and a half million Jewish people living in New York and people who committed to we're going to keep the Sabbath and so in the midst of a city that you know proverbially proverbially never sleeps a city that that never stops um, when five o'clock when sundown Friday came it was like it stopped. It was like things slowed down. And again, obviously it didn't stop completely, but businesses slowed down. And there was this recognition of we're going to rest because it's the Sabbath. Even if you weren't Jewish, it affected the way that that things were happening in the city. And so you had a counterculture that had said, we are going to practice this. We're going to practice what what we believe God has called us to and is part of the rhythm of our life together. And it didn't just benefit, benefit them individually. It benefited people working in industries all over the city. And so, you know, it's not that we can change the entire system in a moment, but I do believe that there can be an effect where uh, we commit to practicing the way of Jesus and to practicing uh, things like Sabbath rest that can even have effects for other people uh, to bring flourishing in our city. 
Talk to me about some of the tensions you guys have experienced in this, because I think the myth is that, you know, it's easy for pastors, but the reality is pastors are often some of the worst at practicing Sabbath. And so as you think about maybe your own life, um, you guys all have small kids, you're, you're busy with the demands of, of ministry. We're in kind of a, a service industry, so to speak. So we're always kind of thinking about the needs of others. And unfortunately, those needs never get, that spigot never gets turned off. And so what are some of your own tensions that you face with your family? And then how has this practice of a Sabbath way of life, um, how is that transforming? I won't say transform because I don't think it's something we ever nail, but how are you experiencing some of the benefits of that uh, in this season of life? Uh, in the midst of all the constraints and the limitations and the demands that you're up against? Yeah, I think for us, we've always, uh, my wife and I have always had to look at each season of life and say, what does Sabbath look like for us in the next three months? You know, we can't necessarily say this is what it's going to be like for the next 10 years or even next year, but like given the season that we're in, I mean, summer looks different than winter for us. And so uh, we do have, you know, three small kids. We have a uh, fourth on the way. And so um, I remember before we had kids, we used to practice the Sabbath, you know, and that, of course, looked very different than it does now with kids. And so uh, for us, it's just even the simple things of like, you know, utilizing practical everyday things we have in the city to be able to um, create a regular life-giving rhythm, utilizing why, the why childcare, you know, of just getting two hours uh, where we both can be there, we can get a workout, and we can just sit for a few moments together and, you know, pray, you know, read scripture, or even just, you know, talk and connect and, and have that time uh, where there's that downtime. And then, of course, utilizing the nap times of, of young children that we uh, use as well. Um, you know, just trying to find those regular, um, you know, simple rhythms that we can do. Uh, something that I've found uh, is really helpful for us, regardless of what season we're in, is just making our Sabbath something that's extremely predictable. What I try to, like, always say is a decisionless day. And so it's just, it's the same every day. Maybe it's not the most perfect thing. Maybe it's not everything I want to be in more, but it's, it, I, I know what to expect with it. I know kind of like, here's the schedule that we regularly keep. Um, here's, you know, how the rhythm moves through the day. Here's little things that we do to kind of turn our attention, uh, back to God in the midst of the day, starting our breakfast off with just a small song, um, that points us and our boys to the, uh, to thinking about, uh, God and his presence right now, lighting a candle often sometimes just signifying the presence of God is with us here in this day. And he's over us in this day, just these little things that, and, in the midst of just this consistent, regular, rhythmic day, um, can be really helpful uh, to to create just a sense uh, of rest and and continually just tweaking that. You know, continually just saying, okay, this is what it looked like for the last three months, and then the next three months, is there anything that we want to do that that kind of shift and tweak that a little bit to make it, um, you know, uh, continually perfecting this as we as we live our lives. Yeah, I it it's just hard. It's it's really hard. Um and I think that's a good word from Kent is that my wife and I we have to remind ourselves periodically um what time it is, you know, mm-hmm. and just knowing that like uh yeah, in this season that's coming up, you know, what time is it in our lives because it does look different now, you know, as we're getting into the kind of the dark days of of winter and mm-hmm. the it 
for us, Sabbath looks totally different than it will in June and July. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have a, um, a rhythm of, of, uh, for taking Fridays as our day off, um, as our Sabbath day. And, uh, right now we have kids in school on Friday. And so we're a little bit, uh, beholden to that school schedule and those school hours. Uh, but we know that, you know, from like eight to four, uh, we have some time, um, to rest and do some things that are refreshing for us. And, and for both of us, it starts with, um, just bodily exercise and getting moving. I think both of us really find that spiritually and emotionally, um, exercise in our bodies kind of being right, um, that that really opens the door for us to see health in all the other areas of our lives. So on, we start our day, you know, after we kind of get our kids off to school on Friday with just going to the gym for a few hours and, and exercising and working out. We're often there with other people that we enjoy and friends of ours that we can catch up with. And even those couple hours there just to start the day feel like a little Sabbath in and of itself. Um, but again, going back to, you know, Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. We also hold it loosely and acknowledging that like, yeah, it can look different, uh, a couple months from now, but you know, it may even look different next week because things just come up. And, and so we don't worship our schedule. We don't worship that particular structure that we have in place and knowing that that could change because things are just out of our control. Yeah. I think too, it's important to recognize, you know, if yeah, someone's listening and they're like, well, my problem is not so much the small kids, or maybe it's the small kids plus this really demanding season of life is just recognizing too, in every season, sometimes it's helpful just to kind of have some sort of placeholder for Sabbath, even if it's not the entirety of a day, or even if it can't be a half day, but even if it can just be like, Hey, here's a couple hours that I'm going to commit to every single week. Um, and, and yeah, utilizing, just realizing, Hey, I'm going to put a a time frame that the next six months, it's only going to look like these couple hours, but this still is going to be something that is going to just be a regular reminder that this should be, uh, a bookmark that continues to expand back into my life that I can, uh, have this for a season. I can run hard for a season. Uh, but just a reminder that, that I keep the pump prime, so to speak. So to know that that Sabbath will return someday, uh, that I won't be in this season forever. And then if I get to the end of that six months and I'm still in that season, it's asking myself, okay, am I setting myself up long-term for a sustainable life? Is this something that I can do over and over again. Maybe you can do it six months, maybe you can do it for a year, but you certainly can't do it for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. I think that's really important to be honest with yourself about what is a season and, and what becomes uh, a, a pattern. Um, and I think oftentimes we'll tell ourselves, oh, this is just a season. And then a season becomes two years and three years and five years. And I think looking back and, and having others speaking into that, and that's where we really need help. And I, I would just close there uh, in our time together is that we really, this is where the church needs to be the church. We've got to help each other, uh, out here and support each other because this is a a cultural shift. Our culture as a whole, the system has moved away from this, but if we're honest, so is the church. Um, we've moved away from this practice because, uh, we value the same things that our culture values in a lot of ways. We value efficiency. We value productivity. 
And we've, we've bought into that. We're not immune or exempt from those things. And so part of our prophetic role in each other's lives in the church is reclaiming our humanity through the practice of Sabbath. Um, and so some of the things you guys have mentioned, I think we can carry into uh, our, our missional communities, into our discipleship groups, into our uh, businesses, right? As we think about networking with other uh, business leaders or you know, moms groups, like what would it look like for us to bring this conversation in and talk about Sabbath and talk about rest and talk about the need to find ways to slow down. And again, it's not just slowing down for the sake of slowing down. It's slowing down for enjoyment. It's slowing down for enjoying God and enjoying one another and, and uh, becoming more fully human. And so just thinking about that, you've, you've mentioned creativity. You know, what, what would it look like for us to experiment as a community with practices around a Sabbath way of life? And so experimenting as we have here as a staff with solitude and a day uh, of solitude and rest outside of the office once a month is kind of a rhythm our pastors have adopted and we encourage one another towards. But just having kind of an R&D mentality and, and, and kind of holding things loosely, um, holding each other accountable, right? We hold each other accountable for all kinds of things, but not when it comes to Sabbath because we're all kind of complicit and colluding together in this, uh, in this, this scheme. And so just having honest conversations. How's that going? You said you're going to take this time off. How's that, how's that going? How can we help each other, right? This is a, a community thing, you know, so let's feast together. Let's exercise together. Let's get out and do this together. Sabbath's not just something that's given to us as individuals, but to us as a community. And then I think maybe respecting others, uh, not feeling the need to always intrude or be connected, but recognizing that in a community, there's, um, there's an honoring of one another as we create space for others to, to unplug and pull back and withdraw uh, and practice Sabbath as an individual or as a family. And so uh, being careful that we don't unintentionally uh, squeeze out that time through overconnecting um, and overstimulating. So, uh, man, I so appreciate you guys being a part of this conversation. Uh, I want to go ahead and wrap up our time. We'll continue this this uh, discussion, uh, interviewing some other members and, and talking with some people who are not pastors, but just want to set this up and set the table for a conversation that we think is really important uh, for the future of our church. And so thank you guys for uh, engaging, and we'll look forward to um, keeping this going here in the weeks to come.